0: Hello again Broncos country and welcome to another episode of the orange weekly pregame podcast We're here with the normal crew. We're going to break down a very important uh, game against the Carolina Panthers A very winnable game against the Carolina Panthers And we will tell you what the Broncos have and what the Broncos are going to need to do in order to stop possibly uh, Christian McCaffrey and the Carolina Panthers But please, uh, while you're at it, make sure that you hit the subscribe button. Go on and rate us on whatever podcast listening device you're going on. And make sure you follow us on all the social medias. And that wraps up that. So make sure you guys are enjoying this. Sit back, relax, and have a good time. Weekly fans, brews, and Broncos news. All right, hey, hey guys, uh, so we're back. We we uh, rough, uh, interesting game against Kansas City, the, in rough. which honestly was closer than a lot of us were expecting. And I think that a lot of good things that come out of that. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. But uh, first impressions uh, coming out of that game, not to take away anything from the uh, post game podcast. <laughs>
1: I, you know what, leaving the, the Chiefs to only 22 points, I think, is a win in itself, like, not going to lie, the game plan was to re- limit the touchdowns and force them to kick field goals. And that's exactly what happened. And, you know, if we don't have Locke uh, throwing two picks, I think we're in a completely different situation.
2: Leading the Chiefs to only 22 points, limiting to that, that score, you're right, Matt. That's a path to victory, and that's the one the Broncos want to take. That's how this team is built, um, and like you said, those interceptions were just killer for the offense. They just could not overcome those two turnovers, uh, and it was the story of the game, as it's been too often for the Broncos' offense this season. Uh, turnovers killing the offensive momentum that we show at times during games. It just they can't keep it strung together. Matt, wouldn't you say the story of Drew Locke's season this year has been turnovers? I mean, it's yeah. not what you wanted it to be. Um, but
1: you know, I think turnovers are more like they're not the story of the season necessarily. They're just kind of like an underlying theme. But it's more of like a representative of you know, something bigger going on, which is just inconsistency and and lack of continuity with his teammates, with you know, his previous coaching staff, his current coaching staff. And you mix that in with the fact that, you know, he hasn't had much starting experience in the NFL, but he was a four-year starter at Mizzou. So he still has experience and he still has his habits as a quarterback and his expectations. And you know, all of a sudden, like he's in the situation where you know he's trying to force the ball. He's trying to do these things, and, and it's not working because the game's faster. And you know I think ultimately he just looks all over the place, and and the result of that is like interceptions and turnovers, um, yeah. which you know uh, you know he he kind of reminds me a little bit of a, a, it's a it's I don't know if it's a fair comparison, but like a Tony Romo. Mm. You no, know, really strong arm gunslinger like he'll make these wild plays and then he'll make just these ridiculous stupid like why'd you throw it there you know like the tony romo like you know just uh you know just misses and mistakes and these odd interceptions and um you know but you know i don't know if it's exactly a fair comparison yet but he's he's kind of like looking a bit romo-ish right now um
2: well i yeah. mean if he if he you know, turns his career around to a, in a Romo esque way that wouldn't be so bad. I mean, you know, you don't want those playoff losses. No, um, definitely
1: and and I think he's he's still got a better path I think than Romo you know had Romo was undrafted if I remember correctly like he still has like a better you know uh, a system around him and and expectation early in his career Uh, but you know I I don't know man I think that that Locke is really just he's doing his best and I'm still a big fan of his I really like the way he plays the game and you know whether or not Pat Shermer can be the coach who ultimately transforms him into like a really like effective pro quarterback. You know, I, I'm not sure. Uh yeah. but this upcoming matchup against the Panthers, I think this is an opportunity for him to really showcase, you know, what he can do in in an environment that will let him do that. Not not against the Chiefs, not against like a a really tough rival, but this is against a team that is very beatable, you know, on on the rebuild path and like a lot of young players. Um, you know, so I think that this is a game where Locke really, he can't make these big mistakes here because if he makes these mistakes against the Panthers, like it's concerning, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's such a different kind of narrative around the Broncos this season versus the Panthers. Um, The Panthers, a team four and eight, just like the Broncos are, but a team that everybody kind of sees as a team on the rise, I think because they have one of these new, um, offensive minded head coaches in Matt Rule, mm-hmm. um, and you know, he, right, yeah, a team builder. <laughs> and,
1: at Baylor and, and where was he before Baylor? No, uh, Baylor.
2: Oh, gosh, now I can't remember. Um, but no, he and you know, t- credit it's to him cool. for that. Temple, thank you, yeah. Um, and you know, he turned around a Baylor team that was you know, in shambles, and rightly so, they did some terrible things. Um, but uh, he took that program and turned it completely around, changed the culture there. Um, and has a he's a guy who with Joe Brady Brady as his offensive coordinator, the who was the architect of LSU's offense with George uh, Joe Burrow last season, uh, was Joe Brady. So you know that's that staff together is really promising offensive minds on it. Uh, Absolutely. Joe Joe Brady's also always already a guy being kind of floated in head coaching search Nate, right. as you know as a name. That might be uh, uh, looked at this season. So,
1: yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And what's odd, though, is with such offensive uh, minded coaches, they only drafted defensive players this year. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? They only picked up guys, uh, young players to develop uh, on the defensive side because I think they they really went on the free agent side for the offensive players. Um, And that's actually a good segue because, like, you know, this game, they're not going to have DJ Moore. They're not going to have Curtis Samuel, who are, you know, probably their, their, two of the strongest offensive weapons um, outside of Christian McCaffrey, which we'll get to in a second. But Robbie Anderson has really come through as a solid receiver for the Panthers. And now he's going to be pushed into that you know number one spot, probably lining up against Ojemudia for most of the game because we also happen to have lost uh, some top DBs. Um, but nonetheless, like this offense was really built – through free agency with Teddy Bridgewater and Robbie Anderson as I mentioned and Russell Okung, Um, you know, whereas they're building the the defense through a draft. So interesting, you know, strategy. And I think, you know, Matt Rule as a team builder, that's what he's known for. Um, you know, he's doing a pretty good job this year. Uh so, you know, looking at this Panthers offense, you know, who's uh who's some players that stand out? Maybe outside of Christian McCaffrey, because everybody knows him so well. Um you know who who's a player that you're looking at right now, and you're saying, "Hmm, this, he's going to uh, cause some problems for a Broncos defense." Well,
2: let's toss that one over to Jared first, because to make sure he's actually back with us. Jared, how you doing,
0: buddy? I I'm I'm having the the moving woes of having to figure out what's going on with my internet, so I apologize for that, but I'm back. Um, okay, so player on the offensive side. So there's a couple things that's interesting. The the uh, tagline of Matt Paradis playing his old team again. I think that's a big, a mm-hmm. big piece that we we can't overlook. I think that's important, um, and it's important too because now we have Shelby Harris back, and that's going to be an interesting matchup. I want to watch and see how he does against Shelby Harris, um, as he's obviously practiced against him back when he was on the Broncos. Uh, so this is going to be an interesting, uh, an interesting matchup. I, I'm interested to see how that interior defensive line does against Shelby Harris.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
2: I'm going to keep my eye on and. I, Anderson's not on the COVID list, right, Robbie Anderson?
1: Robbie Anderson? No, I think so. Right.
2: No, okay. So he's a guy whose speed uh, gives me a little bit of concern against this secondary, the way it's constructed right now. Uh, our, as, as it stands, our top three cornerbacks not going to be playing in this game uh, in Bryce Callahan, uh, Essang Bassey, and uh, A.J. Boye, whose six-game suspension was confirmed today. Ooh, so we will yes. be without his services for the rest of the year now. Um, so that secondary of Michael O'Tamudia, um we've got Devontae Bosby coming back in, probably gonna play some meaningful snaps. Uh, Duke, Duke Dawson, Dawson saw yeah, that time last week. And probably will again, but that the speed of Robbie Anderson against those guys is a little concerning to me.
1: It's quite concerning. I think he's gonna be uh, you know double teamed a lot. Like, uh, you know, again, Fangio really tries to get rid of that, uh, that deep ball. So I think that Robbie Anderson is going to be covered up deep, but he can still make some noise, like, you know, catching screens, slants, uh, quick outs and all that. Uh, But like. After him, you know, it's Brennan Zilstra and Pharaoh Cooper at the receiving core, and then Ian Thomas at a tight end. Finally, I think here's a tight end that we can actually cover pretty well, like who's not terrifying. I wish you hadn't
2: <laughs> said that out loud, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs>
1: I'm just saying, man, like, you know, Kelsey twice a year, Darren Waller twice a year, Hunter Henry t- twice a year, and then like every other freaking tight end you've had to play. finally one like, one. Yeah,
2: cool. I'm getting f- flashbacks to the Seattle game from last season – when all the announcers were going, who is Will Disley as he ran <laughs> through our secondary wide right, open? So maybe so, there's yeah, a chance
1: yeah. for Ian Thomas to do that. Um, I'm, but just,
2: I'm just, you know.
1: I'm, I'm going to take this this time to just talk about Christian McCaffrey because, like, he's been out for most of the year. Um, you know with a shoulder injury and he came back and he had a heck of a game and he got hurt again and he was out and you know here he is um, you know still questionable right now but I think that designation is just given the fact that he's like you know not necessarily practicing you know fully Um, but he's a player that can take over a game Uh, he is a like all around offensive weapon, man. He can run the ball. He can catch it. He can run between the tackles, outside the tackles. Like he, he can do pretty much anything. He's a really good pass blocker as well. Uh, so, you know, he, he he's, here's a player who I think, given the right amount of opportunities and the right momentum, I think that he can really take over the game. But I think that Fangio, I mean, obviously he recognizes this. He wouldn't be where he is without knowing that, right? And I think that outside of McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, there isn't a whole lot for the Broncos, uh, you know, defense to worry about so I think the game plan right now is really going to be if you know shutting him down containing McCaffrey and then just you know hoping the rest like settles uh, and forcing Teddy Bridgewater to to be the hero and and make the difference in the game Um, so. Uh, you know who on our defense do you think is going to be like covering McCaffrey for most of the game or are we going to go that route or are we just going to play a really solid zone and like hope everybody can cover him
2: probably at least that initially is going to be the plan I think Um, if they are noticing that he's just gashing them they may you know switch things up and maybe have drop Justin Simmons drop down and and keep keep an eye on him, man to man, something like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's going to also be uh, a situation where you want Simmons on the back end to kind of help double cover Anderson. So it's you know, if you can cover McCaffrey with a linebacker or, or at least limit his damage uh, with somebody like an Alexander Johnson or a Trey Marshall or a Josie Toole, uh, that helps your de- the rest of your defense out quite a bit.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I agree with you. And and I think Fangio is going to take um, a more of a um, less traditional route. Like I don't see him necessarily placing one player on McCaffrey and saying you're covering him all game because I don't sure. think the Broncos have the personnel for that. No. You know, even at a full roster, everybody healthy. I don't think there's a player that can necessarily cover him one-on-one. But I think what we might see is a lot of like strong side, weak side, right? So it's like, if McCaffrey's like lining up on the strong side then that strong side safety is responsible for that, you know, that for him essentially. And then weak side is the same, same principle, right. But essentially yeah, the whole idea would, would, you know, translate down to the linebackers and effectively to defensive ends because the, you know, the best way to stop McCaffrey is just to contain him. And force him back inside where the rest of the defense is, right? So if a safety can at least bracket him with a linebacker and force him inside, it's going to reduce the amount of yards he can get at a time. Um, so I think, you know, Fangio going to run a pretty disciplined zone defense, um, you know, stick with that cover four principle to, to force the, you know, the Panthers to play an underneath game. Yeah. and even might drop down to some cover two or something just depending on how efficient we can be because again outside of Robbie Anderson who is their best receiving uh, uh receiving threat ah I mean Christian McCaffrey is pretty good to a receiver but you know between those guys the rest of the offense isn't all that concerning so I think Fangio's is gonna you know sort of like force Bridgewater to beat us with like Zilstrid Cooper you know and, and really yeah. get rid of McCaffrey and Anderson so um you know I think this is weird like talking about an offense I'm not really all that worried about usually it's kind of like yeah oh, you know play some strong players here
2: right
1: um, it wasn't in our group chat man jason was telling us that the broncos have had like the hardest schedule all year uh, yeah just given on um, you know the the sort of like how successful our opponents have been um which is pretty interesting i never considered considered that we really had like that hard of a schedule this year like what are your thoughts on that
2: it's, you know, kind of the way that cookie crumbles. And when you looked at it on paper to begin the season, it was a tough schedule. I don't think it was number one, but it was top five. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's really such a crapshoot when that happens. You know, you can have a number one, or top five schedule on paper to begin the season. And then when it gets down to the ga- actual games, it can fall, you know, you can be in the 20s or 25s. It, there's so much turnover on rosters. The, the NFL is so focused on parity. Um, that there's not going to be uh, this correlation all the time, but for the Broncos this year, you know, we got stuck point. with it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: That's what it is, but I mean, like the Chiefs twice, uh, the Saints, the Steelers, the Raiders uh, turning a into a good
2: team hurt us there a lot. I think
1: Titans right right away. Yeah, um, you know, the, the Falcons and the Patriots have had up and down the year, but nonetheless, you know, they're they're still good. The Jets, we beat the Jets. Yeah. God but so you know that's the kind of one easy game but like yeah the schedule's been pretty damn hard man and every week it's like we're facing like these offensive weapons that can really do damage but this week like I think Fangio is going to have a great time planning against this Panthers offense just given the fact that their best you know receivers are out so it's going to help us quite a bit and you know luckily you know since we've lost our DBs The Panthers also lost the receivers. So uh, let's flip it up, uh, though, and talk about the Panthers' defense upcoming here. So as we just mentioned earlier, like, they only drafted defensive players um, this year. So there's a lot of youth. There's a lot of players that, you know, we may not recognize just based on their name. Um, You know, who's a player on this defense that you kind of, like, maybe maybe not worried about necessarily? Because I think that our offense is really uh, geared in towards, like, you know, being significantly better than them but like somebody who you're kind of like excited to watch who's a bit of an up-and-coming player
2: well you know Derek Brown was going to be the uh the option for me until he got put on the COVID list so he may not he may not be available um Jeremy Chin has been a really really interesting player for the Carolina defense uh rookie safety um you know one of the top safeties from this last year's draft
1: he got bumped down to linebacker did he re- a linebacker so he's i mean it's effectively like a nickel save, safety linebacker right he's just a flex player
2: and you know he was like a player who got yeah exactly yeah kind of like that um and he was a player who was getting a lot of buzz earlier in the season and kind of lately you've seen him get burned a couple of times i i think i remember them playing the falcons a couple of weeks ago or something like that he was on and he was just not having a great game mm-hmm. um but It'll be interesting to see what he does against, uh, you know, a Broncos offensive cast that
1: is also very young. Yeah, and, and yeah. prone to throwing interceptions and turnovers. So I yeah. think uh, Jeremy Chin is really coming around as like their defensive star. Uh, Derek Brown is as well, but with his uh, COVID designation, then, you know, he, we won't see him this week. But um, yeah, Jeremy Chin is really somebody who, um, yeah, pretty potent player. Uh, Jared, is there anybody on this defense that kind of has you, you know, excited to watch, worried a little bit
0: on the Carolina defense? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys already talked about Brian Burns. Um, no. Yeah, so he's he's an edge rusher that I feel like we could definitely. It could definitely have some issues uh, if he gets around to the outside of Drew Locke, if Drew Locke decides not to step up into the pocket anymore, uh, I'm going against either DeMar Dodson or Garrett Bowles. Again, Garrett Bowles, we know, has been having a very good season, and that's been helping us out. DeMar Dodson coming back uh, has been playing decent as of late. That, obviously, it's the middle that's our issue, and I think this is, honestly, this is the one matchup, like I said at the beginning, that we actually have a really good shot at because their weaknesses and our weaknesses kind of match up. Uh, pretty well. So I think that this is one of those games that if, if our weaknesses are better than their weaknesses, if, if that's a, a good way <laughs> to put that, uh, that, that we could come away with a a really good win and some good momentum going forward, especially coming off of a, a disappointing uh, almost win, a possibility of beating the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm going to read off the starters here. You stop me when you recognize one of these names, right? Brian Burns <laughs> talked about Zach Kerr, Bravi- Bravion Roy, F.A. Obata, Julian Stanford, Jermaine Carter, Jeremy Chin we talked about, Dante Jackson, Justin Burris, Trey Boston, Mr. Dreds, and Roswell Douglas. Like, this is a no-name defense of no-name defenses.
0: And the only reason Uh, I know Zach Kerr is because he used used to be a Bronco. There you go, right? And, And
1: he might even be out with COVID. He's got the out designation. So, man, the Panthers are looking pretty rough in their depth. Uh, defensively uh so you know i think our offense like i'm expecting drew lock to throw like probably at least one pick because like he just you know he just i feel like he has to throw an interception to just like get on the groove (laughs) like every game i've like sat down and watched him it's like almost on the first drive first couple drives it's like boom, throws that pick and then everybody's like the fuck and then we turn around and okay he starts to get momentum he starts playing well like he kind of needs that I guess right. so I'm expecting one early on uh, maybe to Trey Boston because he's a, a veteran safety he's been around quite a bit um, so you know but out, uh, otherwise like you know I think our offense is, is primed for a really good game here just given the, the lack of depth and, and experience as Panthers defense so who do you think on our offense is really going to you know have a great game this week is it finally Jerry Judy's week to take over
2: boy I, it's, maybe- I don't know I, I... I really expect them to kind of go with the run this game. I'm kind of looking at Melvin Gordon for this one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, his problem has never really been can he be effective running the ball this season. It's can he hold on to the ball, and I, you know, he he seems to take care. You know, be aware of the fact that he's had these fumbling issues this year at times, and protects the football. And, you know, a couple on these, when you go back and look at the fumbles that he has had, a couple of them are just great plays by a defender. It's not like he was being careless with the ball on him. They just got to it, got to it. Mm -hmm. And, um, if, but, you know, all of that is to say is he, if he can hold on to the ball this game, I think he has a good chance to do some real damage against this Carolina run defense.
1: Absolutely. Their run defense is ranked. Uh, pretty low here. Yeah, 27th in the league. So, um, you know, that is encouraging for us, whereas the Broncos off run running offense is ranked eighth, right? So yeah. I think this week is a week where Lindsey and Gordon could probably, uh, you know, really finally pay dividends, right, and, and, and show what they can do. Um, I am going to go with Jerry Judy, though. I think Jerry Judy has not had a breakout game yet this year, and I think that this week, I mean, the Panthers are ranked uh, 29th in pass coverage, so I think that, you know, this is a place where, you know, they can really, uh, you know, give an opportunity to ju- to Judy to have a breakout game and, and and make a difference for the Broncos. Like, finally, you know, we've been waiting for it. The other, I mean, <laughs> the flip side of it is we're ranked 32nd in passing, so, you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah just kind of disappointing man. I was looking forward to this receiving for it. It looks so primed, but um, you know, it is what it is. But I think, you know, this is a week where we can finally like show what these, you know, these receivers can do and namely in, in Jerry Judy. Um, so as Jared seems to be falling off the face of the earth here.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Jared's internet issues are just uh, overcoming him right now. We'll, yes, uh, well, living we'll see if desert. we can get him
1: back. Yeah, it happens. It happens. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, one thing I will say though, I mean, might be the difference maker. This game might be the thing that actually, uh, you know, gives the Panthers the opportunity to win would be special teams. We have not improved on special teams whatsoever this year, like at all ever. Uh, still bottom of the league and, and Panthers are, I think, in the top half in terms of, you know, uh, of special teams. So, you know, this might be a time where we might see that the Panther special teams kind of take over the game, you know, get some good returns, give the the offense a good field positioning uh, and all that stuff. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. Do you really think it's going to be that big of a factor?
2: Well, we'll see. The thing is, if you, if they do that, um, if you give Teddy Bridgewater short fields and you don't make him do too much, he'll, he'll figure out ways. You know, he's played effectively at times this season. Um, he's, you know, definitely been better than Drew Locke. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I know that's not that's not a hard, high bar, but nope. it's the way it is. And, you know, it doesn't you know, it doesn't take too much to turn a 50 yard field into first and goal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this Broncos defense has been really, really good in the red zone, but you would ideally be forcing more punts than field goals in this game. So you really want to do your best to limit those returns.
1: Yeah, almost definitely. I mean, like Teddy Bridgewater, what a great story. Like he's another one of these like comeback players, like sort of, you know, Alex Smith-esque, right? Like he was, you know, sort of doing what Alex Smith is doing now years ago, right? He came back from a disastrous knee injury um, and, and, you know, bounced around with the Jets, went to the Saints, won five games with the Saints. That gave him a a great contract with the Panthers. And, uh, you know, he was – talked about as a player that attracted free agents to Carolina. The fact that like Teddy was the quarterback there made players like Robbie Anderson and Matt Paradis want to go play because they just believe in him. Um, So he's somebody like you said, like he's he's a very good quarterback. Uh, He's not as flashy as most in the league. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I think he falls under more of the category of like, you know, the the game manager, the field general, however we want to put it, right? So he's not necessarily the, the guy who's going to carry the team on his back, but he's somebody who's going to limit the mistakes, who's going to deliver the ball efficiently and who's going to be an exceptional leader for for the entire offense. Like he's some, he's not afraid to put his nose down and get that extra yard. He's not afraid of of being selfless and 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 sharing the the ball around and and really uplifting his team. Uh, you know, and and the Panthers ultimately, like they're four and eight which is significantly better than I thought they would be this year. I thought the Panthers would be, like, running, like, the two wins. So, you know, they're already doing uh, quite well. Uh, they started the year off a bit rough, uh, but then, you know, they've beaten the Chargers, uh, they beat the, the Cards, they beat the Falcons, uh, you know, they were close to beating the Saints. Uh, I, you know, if you look at through their schedule, most of their games are within, like, 10 points, 7, 10 points, and, you know, whether they've won or lost. So, uh, you know, that's pretty spectacular. Like, the Chiefs only beat them by two points. You know what yeah. I mean? And then you yeah. know, they also shut out the Lions. And um, the, the Vikings beat them by one. And, you know, and, and so there's just – there's a lot of, like
2: – Well, and I think it's um, – it goes to show that he's – they're well-coached, that Matt uh, Rule is doing a good job so far. Yeah, um, whether that, you know, I'm not ready to crown him one of the great offensive minds in the NFL yet. But oh, it, yeah, but it looks like he's picking this up as far as the the ins and outs of the NFL head coaching job uh, in a way that maybe even Big Fangio hasn't yet. So it's, you know, it's a good sign for them moving forward. You know, maybe they're still looking for their quarterback in the future, but I think they've they've got that head coach in position at least.
1: Uh, I think so. And I think, you know, Teddy's a three-year contract, about $60 million. So So it, it's a contract that's really kind of like, you know, it's a bridge quarterback, bridge for Bridgewater, I guess. But, um, you know, and that's not a slight against him. I think it's just the nature of the league. Uh, you know, they brought him in to really be the leader, to to lead this sort of, like, mishmash, free agent offense while they build up a defense and then eventually get the offense with the you know built around draft picks as well uh but my point being is just that you know they've been in all their games this year maybe outside of the the buccaneers the two times they've played them they got you know smacked around a little bit but otherwise like you know the the games they've won have been close and the games they've lost notably have been quite close they only lost to the saints by 3 they lost to the chiefs by 2 they lost to the vikings by 1 uh they beat the falcons once and then they lost to the falcons a second time you know so it's um Uh, You know, I I can really see this game going both ways. The one game I kind of lean more towards, to give me an example of of how this week might go, is is the game against the Bears. You know, the Bears have a lot of Fangio residue all over them in terms of their, their defense efficiency, and their offense is also very struggling. Now, I will say very happily that Drew Locke is significantly better than the Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky combination. Like, I'm... Is he significantly better? significantly better. Have you seen Mitch Trubisky try to lead a football game? Like, All yeah, right. Lock will throw a couple picks, but at least he looks competent for most of the time. Um, Trubisky has been in the league for four years now, and it's just, like, yeah, disastrous. So, anyways, I think, you know, the Bears won that game 23-16. I would expect something like that from the Broncos. Uh, you know, so, I mean, moving into, like, our, our, our sort of, like, prediction here, uh, how do you think this game's going to turn out? Like, what's, what's your score prediction?
2: Well, and it, it really kind of does depend on a lot of things. I, I think the Broncos can pull this one out. Uh, mm. This is the first time I've even been considering uh, picking the Broncos to win this one. Um, and I think I am going to go with the Broncos. Uh, I don't know that they're going to score a lot of points still. Um, it's just not an offense that goes out and, can, and I, you know, I'm willing to accept we'll do that on a legitimate basis against really any defense any given week. Um, but I do think our defense can limit their offense to maybe 13, 15 points. Yeah. Um, and if they do that, I think the Broncos can win at something like 17, 14.
1: 17, 14. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm picking the Broncos to win as well, which is pretty rare for me. I'm not going to lie to you, man. The last three years of me doing this podcast, I think i picked the Broncos to win like a third of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: yeah, <laughs> For good reason.
1: For good reason, for good reason. I also have a pretty good uh, win-loss record here. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I think that, um, you know, it's going to be similar to what you said, a low-scoring game. You know, I think that the Panthers' defense isn't exceptional, but given the Broncos' offense is so unpredictable, I think they're going to limit the points. Uh, But I do think our defense is going to be stellar again this week. Um, So I'm expecting a, a like, man, I would say like a 22 13 win for the broncos i think uh brandon McManus has himself a great game again uh we don't really get in the end zone uh because we still struggle there but we we kick the ball in a few times enough times to to secure the win uh so you know that's the way i see it going down given we're traveling to carolina as well and it's a an early sunday game like that's something the broncos always struggle with so you know i'm expecting maybe the first you know the first couple quarters might be a bit rough, but ultimately I think the Broncos do pull this one out. Um, so, you know, honestly, I don't think there's a whole lot more than that needs to be said uh, really with this game. I mean, our season is sort of almost wrapping up. Do you have any final words here for uh, for this Panthers-Broncos game?
2: I'm really excited to watch this game because there's still so many opportunities to see – how we grow on the other on both sides of the ball. I was talking about this a little bit last night on the Tuesday show, but I think it bears repeating. Um, there's young players in the secondary like Michael Ojemudia. There's um, young players on the up on the line uh, like Bradley Chubb and Draymond Jones uh, and Malik Reed, um, sure. who are you know guys who are all trying to come into their own a little bit. And it's really really interesting to see what this coaching staff is doing with them. Um, you know, just because Drew Locke's throwing a lot of picks now, I know it's not the kind of thing that gets fixed, like you know, at, at the flip of a switch with a lot of quarterbacks, but it does happen sometimes. It happens that, sometimes, it's not it mathematically happen. impossible that it would happen. No. And, it, it, and it's,
1: is, it's just it, it lends to his style. Like, I would love to see Drew Locke in like a Bruce Arians offense,
2: yeah. You know yeah. what
1: I mean? Because he just wants to throw a deep. You can see he just wants to unleash his arm and just throw dimes and bolts down the field. Like I think Shermer's offense is not built for that, and he's trying to. He, he's not necessarily a good fit with Shermer, but I think he should be in Shermer's offense to learn the other side of football uh, and offense. But like he's going to throw picks, and I think it's in his nature. I think it's okay, and I think we we have the defense to kind of make up for that, nonetheless. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, no, I mean, uh, those are great points. And, you know, after this week, we've got three games left, the Bills, the Chargers, and then the Raiders. Um, So the Bills will be interesting to talk about, a new team. But then after that, man, with the Chargers and the Raiders, it's going to be, you know, a pretty interesting way to close out the week. Um, So as Jared pops his face back in here, Jared, do you have any any words to say for this podcast? The the two minutes you're allowed to use the internet.
0: I know I get, I get two minutes at a time before it kicks me off. Uh, right. Hopefully well, I, have, I have someone coming tomorrow, so hopefully they, they could fix this crap up, but use, use your uh, two minutes wisely.
1: sir. we're, we're, we're just wrapping up.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, uh, I think the only thing I really want to point out, and I'm sure you guys have probably said at this point, but this is a winnable game. And we're at that point in the season that we've been for the past five years, we're towards the end of the season. We know we're not going to the playoffs and we know all we really want to see is our young guys get better. And that's really what we're looking at. What we have a lot of injuries, a lot of our our key guys, a lot of our, our uh, veterans are injured and it's, we're, we're leaving this team up to all of our young guys, Uh, especially I'd like to see on the defensive side that the corners and the DBs uh, really step up in the absence of our top three uh, DBs uh, being out for this week. So Mm. I just want to see, I just want to see a good hard fought game. I want to root for Broncos no matter what. And uh, I I think these young guys can really step up and show us what they have, uh, what we have going forward into next year.
1: Yeah. What's your score prediction for the game?
0: i'm thinking i think we win this Uh, i do i think that we're starting to come in our own i think that we're going to be able to to take on that defense i think we score a couple to at least two touchdowns i'm going to say it's going to be 24 to 16.
1: All all right all right we're kind of all around the same ballpark so i mean we're all lining up for the broncos to win this one so hopefully they can go in and pull it out um so uh that's it thanks a lot and um, you know what? We'll see y'all next week with the Bills as they come and visit the Broncos. But like the season's about to wrap up, and it's it's bittersweet, but uh, it's exciting nonetheless. So uh, as usual, boys, man, let's leave it off with a goat Broncos. Go Broncos! Go Broncos.
0: Weekly fans, brews, and Broncos news.